or as some places in the world, Teenage Mutant Ninja Heroes. Yes. Because yes, ninjas are too true. violent, and Michelangelo has grappling hooks instead of nunchucks. So, I, Yeah, because in some places it's illegal to buy nunchucks, so they have them with grappling hooks. That's, that's okay. very interesting. That's, I, uh, but, I was listening yeah. to another podcast and found that out. <laughs> and then I looked it up the, myself and I was like, huh, weird. There, there are no other podcasts. <laughs> there's only, okay, there's another, now another only cast ours. pod. There we go. There's another cast pod. Now it's just JPM. That's right. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Just Plain Mandos. Uh, this is Michael, or this is Mike, and we have also, introduce yourselves, gentlemen. This is Pat, and uh, a longtime super uber 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 fan, also part of Jack Jack and Pack Pack. I'm James. I talk after him. Also part of Jack Jack and Pack Pack. I'm the reason people watch the show, and he got me into Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and since we're going to be covering a lot of science fiction across the board, but we're going to start off just talking about Star Wars for a bit, and before we yes. really get into it. We were really wanting to talk about like what got us into Star Wars, um, like what made us fall in love with it in the first place. And James, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you. Oh, okay. Um, I guess for me it was well, when I was born into a sci-fi family. I guess that I would say probably the main event that did cause me to love Star Wars with a deep passion was when my sister, Katie, when she was in high school, sometimes on the weekend, they would try to do a marathon of all six. You know, this was back when there was only six movies. And I remember I always stayed up with them. We never got to three. We started at four and always ended at two. We could never get to the third one. <laughs> um, but I would definitely say that because it's just like the funnest memories of just hanging out with a group of people watching a movie. I would definitely say that was probably where my love of Star Wars really started. Cool. Patrick? Yeah, so for me, I have a, I have a deeper story. Uh, I love a sci-fi... Yeah, that too. Hey. My love of sci-fi started my dad actually watching reruns of like Lost in Space and the original Star Trek um, in the 70s growing up. And then one night, my dad got a babysitter. He went out to a date with my mom and, you know, we got put to bed and then I get woken up. To, you know, I could like nine o'clock at night, which, you know, back when I was seven was late, right? Um, get woken up at nine o'clock at night. My dad had paid the babysitter. He had just come in from watching Star Wars on opening day, took me and my brother out to go see it. So he could see it again and we could see it the first time. And I just fell in love with it. I mean, the whole thing, everything. The Darth Vader was awesome. The force was cool. I started picking up sticks and trying to be a lightsaber at home. I wanted to be Luke. You know, as they discover I've got force powers and I was hooked, line and sinker. Um, and if that didn't solidify it for me, when Empire came out, me and my dad and my brother waited in line eight hours to watch it on opening day. Not only was the movie awesome and it's my favorite movie of all time, I just have great memories of being with my dad and my brother that day. So, and then I do to my kids. I brought all of them out to see the, the episodes on opening day. I've seen every movie on opening day, but solo because I wanted to see it with the family and I couldn't get them all on Friday. I thought we also missed Rogue One. Nope. 
Rogue One I saw on opening day, the family didn't see until later. Okay. Okay, and you know, as for me, um, um, I was, uh, <laughs> I saw Star Wars, I was five years old. Uh, when it came out, it was 1978. I saw it in 1979. My dad took me when I was five because it was out forever in theaters. Like it was out forever. I, I don't know if you remember that, Patrick, but it was out for a long, long time. A long time, yeah. Because I went and saw it, like my dad went and saw it first. I was four at the time. Then he came back and took me again. And then I was five. And uh, I remember that Christmas, I got the, uh, I got, uh, I went downstairs and in front of the Christmas tree in like a rainbow were Star Wars figures all around. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Like, That's oh, many, wow, that many of them? I've, I still have the original Han Solo, the original Leia, original Darth Vader, wow. the original Luke. And original um, R2-D2. Wow. So, yeah. And so I have, and, and, well, no, I got, you know, obviously when Empire came back, I started the Lando from that. But from the originals, that's, those are the ones I still have. And um, our dog chewed up Darth Vader. <gasps> I know. Well, he was the villain. <laughs> yeah, he was. And so anyway, uh, I got that. Plus I got the, um, the giant size Millennium Falcon. Oh, I remember that. I had that. Yeah. The one that you put the fig you could put the figures actually into. Yep. I had the Millennium Falcon and I had a TIE fighter. That was Christmas. And I was so overjoyed. I played wow. with that. I was like, I just I had a bicycle there too. I did not care. I was like, whatever. <laughs> There's a bike. Yeah, okay, bicycle. <laughs> Those kids were like, bike, yay. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you were like, yay, Star Wars. Yeah, I was tearing into the figures. I remember I played it nonstop. And because of we were living in Missouri at the time, so we actually had a winter. Uh, and and unlike, you know, if you live in Texas, you get nothing. Uh, but we had an actual winter. And I remember I would just like take him outside and play with him in there. And of course, when Empire came about, it was like, you know, the snow, of course, it's hot. So That's right. You ran out, it's hot. It's just the way it is. You know, every winter was hot after Empire came out. <laughs> uh, the front yard right. or the backyard was always hoth per period plain and simple and some figures i would not find again in spring. i would lose them in the snow i'd have to wait for it to melt for me to find my figures in the law in, in the front yard because it'd be like wait where's stormtroop where's my stormtrooper at oh like, yeah you ain't gonna find a stormtrooper in the snow yeah <laughs> right I'd have oh to yeah no <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to wait for the thaw, and then like before Dad would like mow the grass for the first time, I'd I'd go outside and be like and stoke around and look. Oh, there he is, <laughs> right in the middle of the lawn. So, you know, my love comes because um, that was time also spent with my dad, <clears throat> and he and I were, you know, he's a sci-fi nut too. So he introduced me to science fiction to begin with, because he had a a library in his office of science fiction books. Everything from, you know, Isaac Asimov, Ben Bova, Paul Anderson, you know, Heinlein, like he had like everybody. And that's what got me into it, you know, and then Star Wars was like the, you know, was like for me as a kid, it was like the apex of everything. But it was also my jumping point into every other kind of science fiction mm -hmm. from there. And then my love for Star Trek spawned off of my love of Star Wars. So, I, and it's so funny because so many people are kind of like this whole Star Trek versus Star Wars, which one is better, da, 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 which is like the s silliest 
thing I've ever heard because they're, they're two totally, to me, they're two totally different things that are not the same at all and should never be judged the same way. And yet you know? at the same time, the sci-fi fandom is big enough to easily support both of those and be able to love both of those. Yeah, it's like you can love both. You That's what I do. You don't have to. Yes. I love both. I don't. I, I you know I love Star Trek for what it gives me. I love Star Wars for what it gives me. I love you know Battlestar Galactica, both old and new. I you know across the gamut. I I you know, I love everything. So the Expanse, the Babylon Expanse, Five, the big one, Babylon Andromeda, mm-hmm. Stargate. Yeah, I love them all. All of which we will be revisiting in this podcast That's- at some point in time. We will be talking about virtually all of these these films. That's um, right. Yeah, absolutely so. recognized so with everybody introduced why don't we move into you know seeing we're starting off and of course we focus uh we really focus on sci-fi star wars is probably one of our biggest sci-fi nuts that we just all love that kind of brought draw drew us together initially why don't we talk about where star wars is today so at the beginning of this podcast episodes one through nine are out um the end of Clone Wars has occurred. Oh, that was a good end. Yeah. Um, and uh, we are looking at uh, the end of season, uh, the Mandalorian season one has ended and we're waiting on season two, which at the point of recording is like two-ish months away. Right. We're also in the middle of COVID-19, which is why we're using Zoom. Eventually we hope to be able to be, you know, sitting together around the table and enjoying it and talking, but this works just fantastic for right now. So... So the state of Star Wars, well, I'll, we'll go around. I'll start with myself. Uh, I think it's actually a great time to be a fan. You can easily, with Disney Plus, get all the movies. You don't have to chase after them or find somebody with them or hope they're in circulation in a format that you have. Um, and, and if that doesn't work for you, there's the despecialized edition, which is the theatrical style releases that you can just download off the internet. Uh, and we got more content coming. You got the, I forget what it's called, the High Republic or the Old Republic coming. We got some Mandalorian season two. There's another movie coming. There's rumors of an Ahsoka television series coming. There's rumors Kenobi. of another animated series coming. There's rumors Kenobi's of Kenobi coming. There's just, it's just a good time. It's, you know, I remember back in the day, what, you watched Star Wars and it was three years later before Empire, then three years before Jedi and then nothing forever, right? So this is cool. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I, you know what? The state of Star Wars is is this 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 guy right here, the Mandalorian, <laughs> is the state of Star Wars right now. I mean, I, I mean, right now, you know, when you're looking across the scope of what's coming, I mean, there's nothing is written in stone. I mean, maybe the next closest thing is Kenobi, because right. Ewan McGregor confirmed it himself. He said he's doing it, so you could it, and typically when actresses are doing it, they're usually clearing out their schedule and all that to make room for the actual shoots and everything so i imagine that kenobi is happening mm-hmm. um and we will that will probably be the next show that comes out uh on disney plus um the movies it, it's hard to tell um where that's going uh to me because of of some very you know questionable decision making on the part of Kathleen Kennedy I I think you know as we start talking about what took place with this previous trilogy and then some of the 
behind the scenes issues we've heard about some of the other movies, even as great as Rogue One was, which is actually one of my all time favorite Star Wars movies. There was still I some. Love it. It's an awesome movie. Oh, I love it to death. Uh, I, 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 if I'm being truly honest, it's of the Disney films, it's probably my favorite Star Wars movie of the Disney ones that have come out. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, Solo I more. agree with that. I like you Solo know? more, in my opinion. That, and yeah. your opinion is, you're welcome to it. I, I love Rogue One as well. I love Solo. Uh, I would agree, though. I would think out of all the Star Wars, I'd have to double check my list. I have a list. <laughs> Uh, but I would have to, I think if Rogue One's not the top of the Disney ones, it's up there. That's for sure. Yeah, it's got to be like, yeah, it's pretty up there. You know, I so. I check while we're I talking. Um, Either first or second. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I think, uh, uh, I think there's some, I think that, that, that there's still so much content, as you're saying, there's still so much content we have to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, uh, that we have to look forward to, and that's already out now, uh, that you can view. You know, there's so much, so many Star Wars shows, so much stuff. Like I haven't even seen an episode of Resistance. We've seen, seen one, one, right? We've seen I've, one. We've seen I've first seen one. one. I've seen the first one. Yeah. So that's another show that I haven't seen that I still need to like dive into. And we so, we got to dive into. <laughs> yeah. We so still need I, to finish Rebels, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, there's there's so much to dive into with those, um, and Rebels is so good. If if you haven't finished yet, it goes to such great places. We did, and that's what we're you know we're still trying to recover from how awesome and tear jerking the ending was without trying to give anything away. Mm, yeah, yeah, awesome. So, yeah, so great, and it uh, was. And Ahsoka Tano is my all time favorite Star Wars character, so to have more of her was just gravy for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, for me, it's like, I would just say, bottom line is, I would just say I'm cautiously optimistic about where it's going. I, I think that there's is a great time to be a fan. There's tons of content. But now this trilogy is over, you know, the Skywalker trilogy, it now becomes, okay, so where do we go from here in the movies? Um, yeah. TV seems to be working itself out. Um, the fact that there even is TV is the part that's like so amazing uh, about true. it. And in the end, it may be that TV kind of will kind of run the show for a very long time. I know Disney said they were looking to expand the time between movies and not just do one every other year. I think, or like do a new, like jump into a new trilogy. I think they want to wait, you know, four or five years before doing another one. Except um, that they just announced back at, what was it, D23? Mm-hmm. Um, they put out the official movie schedule and they're going to they're going to be playing hopscotch between Avatar movies and Star Wars movies starting in Ooh, next year. So Avatar. 2021, 2021 in December, we're going to get Avatar 2. Then we're going to get another Star Wars movie. Then we're going to get Avatar 3. Then we're going to get another Star Wars movie. And it's just hopscotching through, I think, Avatar 5. And that was well, their official account schedule. But there are no titles, no plots, no stories, no nothing. Just it- that there will be movies. It could be, though, like four years, so like three of those or two of those later is when the next trilogy starts. The first right. two could the be next spinoff could stories. Be, the next one could be, they could decide, and then I understand that uh, Obi-Wan is theoretically going to Disney+, Plus, right? It could be that the 2022 Star Wars movie is Obi-Wan or something else we don't know. 
they just, yeah, I looked at that schedule and I was like, oh my gosh. I, first of all, I didn't realize, I knew there were up to potentially two sequels coming for Avatar. I didn't I, know we were going all the way to the to five yeah, Marvel movies. Yeah, I didn't know I got pushed to five now. Yeah, it's pushed up to five. And that's crazy. Crazy. James, what, what do you think? What do you think Star Wars is at right now? Well, TV shows wise, I think it's going better than ever. We just, it kicked off with the Clone Wars, which is a great series, had a great finale after begging for years for the ending rebels as far as we've seen was great resistance haven't seen much but like mando ate only eight episodes and we were like we want more of this so when we jump over to the movies in my opinion solo and Rogue one are the best disney ones mm-hmm. i really enjoyed um, solo too so I, i'm not gonna argue with you absolutely yeah. Um, it didn't deserve the hate it got. I, and it was really more the reaction of The Last Jedi. But It was all a Last Jedi reaction. Oh, it wasn't yeah. because of the, the movie itself. It was just because fans were still so angry about The Last Jedi that they took their wrath out on the very next Star Wars. <clears throat> yeah. The very next Star that, Wars movie to come out. That was disappointing because it was well done. And I'll get back to you, James. I'm sorry. It was well done. And it was so well done that, uh, what's his face, Glover, who did Londo, when I first heard the voice before seeing him, I'm like, did they voice over Billy D. Williams? It was that, that good. And other series that they're, that they're, that they're planning, that they say that this rumor to be in the works is a Donald Glover Lando series. He was was awesome. He was awesome. That was great. And the good news about that is he has, he's, he does TV and movies Mm -hmm you know, with his Atlanta TV show on FX. So he'll have, he has no issues about doing jumping back stuff. and forth. Yeah, he has zero issues jumping back and forth. As long as they could get the schedules to work, I think he would probably dive right into it easily. Easily. Awesome. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> no, it's like, give me a Lando series. Come, Come on. on. Come on, Star Wars. Put us three in charge. We'll work with Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau, and we'll make it happen. You know what? If they if they want to do something, I'd be like, do like what they did with uh, with uh, young Indiana Jones. Uh, give me an episode where you have you know Billy D. Williams, you know, coming into a location. He sits down and starts telling a story, or he sees something and reminds him of something that happened when he was young. And then you could flash back all the way back to Donald Glover playing the character. That would be awesome. Tie them together the way they did with that young Indiana Jones, where they actually had Harrison Ford in the episode as Indy, if you guys remember, and he, and he comes in and, and he discovers this, this cabin that has all this old stuff in it of his, and he looks at it and he sits down and looks at it. And then they jump back in time to the show. And then they kind of go forth from there to like this yeah. jazz club thing they were doing. So I, re- I do remember that. Yeah. And I remember I'm, that was a really special show. And so I'm why game. not, <laughs> you know, do it while Billy D is here. He's not young anymore. No, Just no, he's not. Get on that. No. These are, he was still, These are the he ideas. These are the ideas. He was still awesome. That's, that's right. And he was also awesome in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yes, he, he was. He, and even he was. though he had a small part, he was awesome. You know what he made the most of it? Of a little part. Yeah, he did. He made the most of it. He, made us, he reminded us why we love Lando. Impact. Yes. Totally. What was that, James? He said he made a big impact in a very crowded movie. He did. But he reminded us why we loved his character in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Like in that brief time he was there, it was kind of like, ah, that's why Lando is awesome. <laughs> it was like, I tell you, I tell why you, why weren't you in came, the Last Jedi? 
<laughs> Part of me in the yeah. movie like ten times better. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right here. I know I've said it. I know I've talked to Mike and James about this, but I'm gonna officially put it on the air. Wait, <laughs> we're live right now. Yeah. They, well, I wish that would be kind of cool, but Dumbay. they miss they missed an absolutely huge opportunity in that casino scene to not have Lando oh. there. Yep. Yeah. And I and when Pat, you know, I hadn't even thought about that until Patrick mentioned it, James. And when he did, it was like. It was like, oh my gosh, the simplest thing. Where is the one place in the universe Lando would most likely be? He would be in a casino. You know, if he doesn't own the casino, then he's like at the craps table or whatever they'll call it. You know, the blackjack table or whatever. Sabak table, winning winning a bunch of money from people. You know, that's what he would be doing. You know, and, and still having just as women you saw him in solo, <laughs> just as you saw him in solo, he would be doing the same kinds of things. He would be exactly. wherever there's gambling, that's where Lando would be. Yeah, especially if you want to gamble away a ship. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That was that was a huge, huge miss. I mean, I know the casino scene was really extraneous and not needed anyway, but if you're going to put it in, you that's where you why not have yeah. Lando there? You need Lando there, you need it. It's just you need it, and but then, you um, know. It would have made the movie 10 times better. Easily. You know, and the thing is, you could have worked it into the plot. You could have just, I mean, Leia could have just told, you know, or somebody could have just told Finn, hey, guess what? You know, we'd have this, there's this, there's this old operative on, in, on that planet, Lando Calrissian, who like feeds information back to Leia as he finds stuff out on the casino world. Go find him. They could have gone, found him. He could have pointed him out to, um, um, Benicio del Toro or whomever, and you know, after a bit, little bit of a scene, and they could have been off. But it would have been such a cool moment, and fans would have loved it, and would have made the casino scene worth it. Yeah, instead of you can cut it out and have the same movie. Pretty much, yeah. You could cut out that whole section of the film, and it would not have changed anything that happened in the in the plot of the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Can we can we agree on that? I yes. agree. Yeah. That's it. We have spoken, or I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> and you have spoken, spoken well. And I think we're all pretty, pretty much in agreement with that. So <laughs> yeah, we are <laughs> with that. So while, while we're speaking about the movies, um, the other thing is I would really love, and so, uh, you know, I'll, before I go to the last Jedi, uh, before I go to the rise of Skywalker, last Jedi <laughs> was a, it was a misstep and, and it was Ryan Johnson was not understanding star Wars and really did not do uh, the fans a service. That said, I've watched the movie in isolation as much as I possibly can. I'm a huge star Wars fan, but I said to myself, okay, I'm going to go in and watch it. Not thinking about it being a second movie in a trilogy, not thinking about it being connected to star Wars and just take a look at the art and craft of it. And it's actually a pretty good movie. The problem is it's not a good star Wars movie. And that, that's Especially where the problem a trilogy movie. Yeah. You know, and, and I'll say this. Standalone, the thing that, that really angered me the most about The Last Jedi is in what Rain Johnson did. I think he understood Star Wars perfectly. I think what he did to me was a little lazy. I think he took Star Wars. I think he took his second movie, The Last Jedi. And it seems like it's the almost the, abs, the exact inverse of Empire Strikes Back. It's almost like he, he held The Empire Strikes Back up to a mirror and then 
the mirror is the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you look at it, everything is backwards. Um, Instead of Yoda being... Is how it starts. This movie, it ends on this planet of salt that's all white yeah. like snow. That's, yeah. The end of the yeah, movie right. with the rebels trapped in a bunker base inside a mountain. Which looks just yeah. like the Hoth base. Which looks just like the Hoth base. It, same thing. The exact opposite. You know, whereas Luke went and found a willing teacher in Yoda, you know, Ray yeah, goes and finds a very right. unwilling teacher in Luke who doesn't want to teach her anything at all. Yeah. You know? So right. So right. Yeah. It's this I didn't think of it that way. Benicio del Toro. Two characters go off to this weird, you know, casino area to meet him. And he is this, you know, handsome rogue. Remind you of anybody? Right. Yeah. yeah. But instead of that rogue turning out to be good, he's the exact opposite. At the very last minute, he betrays them and is just bad. Actually, he does the reverse of Lando. Lando was exactly. bad at the beginning, then became good. He exactly. was good at the beginning, became bad. Exactly. Yeah. He is the wow. anti. He is the exact, it's opposites. He is the exact opposite of Lando. I didn't think of that before, but you you are so right. And and that explains why I have problems with the movie because Empire is so loved by me. It's my favorite movie of all time. Everything being opposite just just rubs me wrong. Yeah, you know, and 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 there's more. I, you know, he's like just, I have problems with all the whole plot on board the ship. You know, why could they not have just, told poe dameron what the plan was yeah, why was there i, I didn't understand that like they did that they would have cut off like good chunk of the pointless movie right because and that's like, the problem so you're so you've made this grand plan to get everybody to the planet alive but you don't tell the guy who was the commander of your space fighters and because Poe is the leader of, of the X-Wings. He commands yeah. the X-Wings. All of yeah. them. Not just his squadron. He commands all of them. So That's right. why would you not for let, leadership. Yeah. It's like, so why would you not let him in on your plan? Especially if you're trying to, like Leia was trying to do, teach him leadership. It's like, well, so keeping something from him and then having him do what he did for it to amount to nothing and then you tell him the plan after it's already been enacted. And then you say, well, see, he's like, this is why you need to be more of a leader. And it's like, wait, huh? That made no he sense. Was to, and that it explanation. Failed. Yeah. It's like, that makes no sense to me to keep something from your commander. You know, why would you hide that from him? Did you think he was a traitor? I mean, it, it, unless you thought he was going to betray you or something, why would you hide that information from him? He should be in the room with everybody you know, being told what the plan is going to be, you know, yeah. and then he wouldn't have sent Finn and Rose to that, that planet to do stupid things. You know? Again, cut out the pointless bit of the movie. I know. Yeah, I know. It, it cuts out that whole middle section that Rain Johnson just thought was so important to the film, you know, that he had to create, that like he had to basically make his plot nonsensical to make it fit in. Yeah, and and he ruined a lot of things too, like um, uh, trying. And although Rise of Skywalker tried to fix a lot of those problems, right? But I mean, like he killed off Snoke without giving us anything about him. Um, the, the whole thing. I I was saying for the longest time that I was convinced that the when the Luke's opening line in the next movie was going to be where did you find this or something along those lines or where did you get this or whatever? And instead it's just 
tosses it. I mean, that was just what you were just saying is I'm taking the Star Wars fans and I'm tossing them out. Well, even the Snoke stuff, that part, that whole section in the throne was literally the exact opposite of the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically, remember Snoke, you know, had the lightsaber next to him, just like Palpatine did when he had yeah. Luke's saber. You want this, don't you? It's like, I can feel your anger. You know, <laughs> like the whole thing of Palpatine. But instead, like, you know, I think Rain John's like, well, what if Darth Vader just turned that saber to the side and ignited it while Palpatine wasn't paying attention. It'll be weird that if you're, if you're so juiced with the force, how could you not tell that somebody was forced using an object directly next to you? Like on the armchair of your seat, you can't see out of your peripherals that, that it's hey, that lightsaber is turning toward me. He's about to do something and stop him, you know? I would think Palpatine would have just been force. like, you know, I will fling the I saber mean, and kill you when this is over. You know, I mean, come on. Remember, uh, Palpatine was always going, yes, yes, I feel the hate flowing in you. You know, yeah. he was always talking about sensing what was going on. I'm back. All right, we're back. Um, so interestingly enough in the recording, as of course things would happen, our positions have swapped. <laughs> so that'll be, they'll just see, uh, uh, let's see, so. So, I just used the force and swapped us around because I felt like it. Well, Mike, what's interesting? I'm the same. What's interesting about that is, Mike, you didn't move. So oh. yeah, you were the one that did it. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? I, I because I screen... used the force to swap you. I just went. Hmm. Oh. I was like, I now move you. Oh. <laughs> Out of his all right, so we're back. Um, for those who uh, are back, yeah, for those who are on audio, but we're back. <laughs> those who are on audio, you don't see it, but we we uh, we had a pause and because of Zoom's limit, and come back anyway. Um, we were just talking, yeah, about the Snoke feeling the not sensing it, um, and I know that they've tried to say that he wasn't a Sith, but he was force sensitive. He, he should have known. He was force yeah. sensitive, dark side. He still yeah. should have known. Yeah, and I don't know what they mean by I, I don't understand that concept of well he's force sensitive when we saw him like lift Ray off the ground and then torture her in mid air it was like well yeah. I don't know how you define having dark side powers and just being force sensitive because that looked like dark, solid dark side powers to me yeah so Gosh, I, I don't know maybe he didn't like the moniker Darth in front of his name Darth something <laughs> yeah Darth Snoke well, Darth Snoke doesn't sound very impressive. Yeah, you got, no, you got Darth Bane, Darth Revan, Darth Plagueis, Darth Vader, and and uh, Darth Tyrannus, and Darth and Darth Snoke. Yeah, Darth Maul, Darth Snoke. It doesn't really fit. Well, <laughs> you know how you know I would have been. I think that they should have that that was a mistake, and Snoke should have been the villain going into the third and final movie. Which I think might have been what rain, what uh, what what you know J.J. Abrams originally wanted to have happen, until yeah, Rain I... Johnson just shot that down by killing Snoke off. I think he wanted that to be the case because uh, just imagine how this how the movie could have ended with you know like a like a literal have it end with Ben Solo in a literal tug of war. Oh, I can't hear you guys. Can you hear me? Oh. I haven't said anything. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. Can you guys hear me? 
I can yeah, hear somehow, I, I'm, I'm talking. I lost my audio. I lost Every, my audio yeah, so. I, I was like looking at Pat. I was like, wait, I think your audio is gone. Yeah, it was. But, I don't know what happened. Yeah, so I, you know, you know, so I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it have been awesome to have in, in, in the final movie to have a tug of war moment between Snoke, like a literal, almost physical, but not really tug of war between Snoke and the spirit of Han Solo. Oh, that would have mm. been. Wouldn't it have been great oh, to, see been. Han, to see Han win? Like to, for him, Solo, to beat Snoke in that moment and free his son. Yeah, that would have been Like at awesome. the moment where Snoke thinks he's going to win, he's going to finally truly like, I've got Ben Solo. Han comes back one final time as whatever it was he was in that scene and he's able to pull Ben out and, and in doing so and act a final... Now, I know technically speaking, he did do that in the movie to an extent, but I mean like with Snoke's presence there. Pulling yeah. him one way. And, yeah, and then to have Han Solo snatch victory from him. Like, even, even in death, Han Solo still finds a way to win. And then he gives us that quirky smile. Well, <laughs> yeah, and then he goes, and everybody in the theater would be crying. Oh, <laughs> yeah, He's totally. like, he's gone, wow. I got you, Snoke. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, Solo did it. And he's like, he did it, he broke him, and he got Snoke. You know, he could put the screws to Snoke in some way. Would have been awesome, yeah. even in and the smallest of moments. And it would have totally played to his character, never really being uh, like a Jedi or going after the Force, and yet still being a, a real tough as nails kind of character that everybody loved. Well, and go out again, that way. Yeah. Well, if you look at Episode Seven, you can definitely kind of see that element already, because mm-hmm. you had Snoke, which at the time was just big massive dude which was definitely weird to see him at eight as a small scrawny little dude on his chair with a gold bathrobe yeah something like that yeah 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 so you see snoke in episode seven as this big massive clear bad guy pulling ben and then as han's trying he's like i'm trying all everything i can to pull you back so already in seven, you could see that there was a tug of war there, but Snoke was winning. So it would have definitely been cool to see in the seven, see how that would have played more. And definitely having nine, like you said, having Han eventually win and they somehow defeat Snoke together. And by the way, somebody brought this up not too long ago. I don't know where I saw it, but it, it, it was something that I was like, huh, you guys tell me what you think of this in the new trilogy. Who got hurt? Outside of Finn getting slashed in the back, who got hurt? I mean, in any three movies, who got injured? Who entered a battle where they, you know, got hurt in some form or fashion? Ben. Uh, Captain Fazen. Well, I mean, of the of the of the bit of the main characters of the big three. Oh. I would definitely um, say Ben. Where was he hurt though? But where was Ben? Well, yeah, I mean, he got stabbed. But I mean, Mm, when you're talking about between Ray, Poe, and Finn. Oh, okay. Knowing that there was Finn at the end of Force Awakens, he got slashed up the spine with that, you know, with by by a lightsaber by by the lightsaber, Kylo. But after that, what happened? 
was like perfectly fine. I mean, Ray didn't get a bruise on her body. Barely. Poe's ship blew up, but I think that was it. Poe? Yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything. Um, because, uh, like you said, uh, I mean, the, she didn't even get uh, yeah, wounded in the gigantic fight with the Red Guard and working with Kylo. She didn't get a cut on her face. That's what I mean. Nothing. She didn't get anything Nothing. at all. It's like she didn't get hurt. Like this trilogy, I mean, I mean, not to say that she had to lose a lose a hand like like the other Skywalker boys, but it yeah. didn't feel like they were in jeopardy. Like you it felt never, like, oh my gosh, Luke lost the hand. He might lose everything. Like she never even got grazed by a laser gun or something. Now in the Mandalorian, we've seen what shooting through those helmets are like for stormtroopers. But still, sometimes they get a lucky shot. You know, why could she yeah. at least gotten a graze? Or Poe. Poe never got hurt. I mean, he was he didn't get injured at all. The closest he came was when his ship blew up and he was running away from the explosion. Even then. I mean, still... maybe the most that was a little tiny bit of torture, if you call that he got from Kylo in The Force Awakens when he was trying to read his mind thing he yeah. was trying to do. Yeah. And that was about it. But other than that, yeah. he didn't get hurt. Ray didn't get hurt. Finn got hurt at the end of Force Awakens, but he was just fine the rest of the trilogy. You know, Ben got hurt briefly, but of course was immediately healed up by Ray and was perfectly fine. So it's kind of like yeah. they didn't, nobody got really roughed the up. Im, the impact of Ben's um, being stabbed with the saber was dismissed by the fact that he was immediately healed. Right. Yeah, it yeah. didn't. It it created nothing lasting because he was healed like one less than a minute later in the same scene, and suddenly he's like, she's like, it's like, oh, you're fine again. It's like, oh, so any drama that might have been mined out of his injury was like dashed away like immediately. Uh, so I don't know. I had an alert pop up on my phone and it made me go away for a minute, but I'm back. <laughs> And now it shuffled the screen on the video. <laughs> and now, well, now on my screen, everyone's back to how they were. <laughs> if you blinked or stepped away from your TV, it stepped away from your computer, and you come back and you see things like, wait, what just happened? It's like, we're messing we with your mind. Do not, we're just messing with do all not of you. attempt to adjust your set. We control the horizontal. We control the vertical. vertical. <laughs> <laughs> the outer limits. That's right. <laughs> Yep. Someday I'll be on that side. Maybe next time. Imagine a place where well, well, the things move without being touched. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So. But yeah, you're right. It, it, and that that doesn't. If you don't feel like your heroes are in danger, it lessens the impact of any victory. Yeah. So, so going. So knowing that, and what we've been talking about. So we talk about the state of Star Wars. Um. So having said that, and what we've been discussing, which has been the new trilogy, a lot of criticisms, criticisms of it. So at the end of the day, how do we feel that the, uh, how do we feel the new trilogy landed? Now that we've, all three movies are out, now that they're out there, I mean, how do you feel about them now at the end? Well, I'll let James go first. Okay, I'm like... In my the the three movie trilogies, not counting the two spinoffs, because those were great by themselves. I feel like seven was really good, 
And if they stuck to that story, it would have been a great trilogy, except that I can't remember the director's name, but when he came with eight, and like you said, basically made a mirror image Ryan of the Johnson. Empire. Yeah. Um, he basically screwed up the story they had. So nine then became a hodgepodge of what they had left and the original story, which made nine basically a complete rush of a movie. Like the entire movie is like, okay, we're here, we're here, we're here, we're here, we're doing this. So I really feel like if, if eight either went with the original story or maybe if they, I, I don't know. I feel like eight, in my opinion, was the one that really kind of messed up the trilogy. And if it was like how it was supposed to, it would have been an amazing trilogy. But with eight, the last two movies kind of just were okay, but definitely not the greatest they could have been. So did it leave, so would you say kind of, uh, like the overall trilogy kind of left a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth? Yeah. Because it's just like, yeah, it was cool, you know, seeing like Palpatine come back, seeing all this cool stuff, especially in Nine. But it was definitely one of those where it's just like, but if they could stick to the story that he had planned, it could have definitely been better and it had potential to be way better than it ended up as. So let me, so let me, let me, so let me put it this way. Let me put it a different, little bit different way. So, James, if you, what is your, what do you think is the rewatchability of the new trilogy going forward, like for you? Compared to to the prequels and compared to the original, um, I would probably rewatch it. Not as much as the original prequels, but like I would still be like in every now and then I'll pick up and watch all three. But even then, if I'm watching all three, I might still skip eight and just watch seven and nine. Because in my opinion, eight was really basically the the weird one out that didn't really fit in the puzzle, but they made. It. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Patrick, what about you? So I, I, I'm, I'm one of those weirdos that just try, I try to love everything when it comes to sci-fi. And uh, I, I heard um, a friend of ours, Jason, you're my friend, Jason, he said that he, he watches all sci-fi, good and bad, for the hopes that they'll make more and that we'll eventually have awesome sci-fi. So I try to go at all of the sci-fi in general to love it. So the way I feel about the new trilogy is that it, is it's a series of uh, not connected but a series of really cool moments or really cool ideas that didn't get enough thought or screen time or explanation okay palpatine's back i can ride with that could you give him me a little explanation as to how he's back you know i mean just just back i mean don't just say he's a clone which they actually kind of didn't fully say anyway how did he survive the fall just give me something And and i would you know what as weird as it could have been, he could have been, you know what? Jar Jar Binks was down there at the bottom and caught him. And I wasn't, okay, I don't agree with it, but sure, let's go. You know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of cool moments in it. Um, the uh, Force Awakens spent a lot of time doing uh, homage back to the original trilogy. Um, I actually really liked, although the movie itself I didn't like per se, but I really liked the lightsaber fight with Kylo and Rey. Um, uh, I really enjoyed that particular thing. I thought it was cool, the whole diet, you know, this forced dyad thing. Um, I thought it was really neat how they played the two characters at the end. Uh, I really think they missed an opportunity to bring force ghosts in instead of just all the voices to Ray. But I still enjoyed a lot of that. Um, 
but as a completed story, it it fa it pales. Uh, you know, for all the slam at the prequels, there was a story that went from beginning, middle to end. You were following Anakin's fall. It was kind of his rise and fall, right? Uh, right. The Empire Strikes Back. You were following Luke Skywalker's hero journey. At the same time, you were following Vader's redemptive story, and and this one, it's just like it's a lot of pieces, but they're not all fitting. And there, there was a lot of things left out. And that's why I would love to get the Abrams cut. I don't care if it winds up being inconsequential pieces. I would love to see what his original cut of the movie was because I feel like I would have gotten more explanation that would have made those pieces fit better. I also think it would have been better if he ran director's chair all the way through because then his vision would have followed all the way through. We probably would have right. had a more cohesive trilogy that we would have liked better. Not so hodgepodge. Yeah. Right. So will I rewatch re it? Yeah, because I love Star Wars. I'll rewatch it. Uh, will I rewatch it as much as I watched the original trilogy? Absolutely not. Um, and I probably won't rewatch it as much as I watched the prequels. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, um, like the overall story, the overall trilogy falls flat from a story standpoint now that it's all over. Um, I thought that, that the movies, all three movies, had like fantastic set pieces. It's kind of like the individual parts are great. There's some individual yeah. pieces that are fantastic. That are, yeah. There are some parts that are like the best that Star Wars has ever done in certain areas. Agreed. You know, but when taken as the whole, it just falls flat for me. I mean, I think I would absolutely watch the original trilogy and the prequels. I mean, a matter of fact, watching them, I'd probably just watch the prequels, then go into the original trilogy and then stop there. <laughs> and then eh, every once in a while, maybe walk, go right through and watch them again. Um, it's just, uh, I think there was, uh, I think the whole idea of having different people write, you know, each movie in a different person yeah. direct with a, their bad. own story was a bad decision. You know, Especially in a trilogy. Yeah, Especially that just make them. And, and you know, off. I think we need to, yeah, and I think one thing we need to get out of, especially with Star Wars, in particularly with Star Wars, we need to get out of this concept of we've got to make a trilogy. True. It doesn't have yeah. to be. George did a trilogy because they fit the stories that he wanted to tell with both the prequels and the original. If this series needed to be four movies, which you could argue it might have needed a fourth movie oh, yeah. to yeah. space things out more. I mean, you know, maybe give J.J. Abrams one movie to kind of fix whatever Rain Johnson did and then a whole nother movie to really get into what he, how he wanted to truly end it. That would have been cool. Yeah, you can have four films in the series and end yeah. it. There's no law that says it has to be a trilogy of films. It has to be three and only three. It's like, you can have four. You could have five if you needed to and finish the story. You know, it doesn't, this concept of it must be a trilogy of films really needs to come to an end because it doesn't necessarily serve the story. This, you should, if it takes five movies to tell the story the right way, then you should do five movies. Not and I think that, you know, agreed. And I think yeah. that if you had tried, I, I, I get the concept of 
they're concerned that they lose some of the audience as they go. Um, but you beat that really by build, making great stories, right? But I get that. Mm-hmm. In the pre-Marvel age, in the post-phase three or three-phase Marvel story mm-hmm. age that did 20, what was it, 22 movies to tell one overarching story? Granted, there were a lot of individual stories, but in that age, and people sat for them, and everyone broke records bigger than the last, I think you you can easily justify, hey, if I need five movies, I need five movies. Or, well, look, you, know, you guys, hey, we're about to test this again. I mean, James Cameron's got his Avatar movies coming, Avatars yep. 2, 3, and 4, so that's going to be four films all in all to tell the Avatar story. He feels he needs four movies total to tell the entire story from beginning, middle, to end. We're going to see if he's correct Oh, five. I'm it's sorry. Five. five. Four so more. Five total. Yeah, but you're There's right. There's going to be five total. Yeah, because there's two, three, four, and five. Right. And then you have the first one. So, yeah, he's going to have five total. So, we're going to test this. It's coming soon, the test of that. Do you really need to have a trilogy to tell a story, or can you tell it in five parts? Yes, the Marvel movies, you know, told their story over the course of 22, 23 films, or however many. Whatever that you know, is. The overall number you know and it worked people sat through it if the movie is good people won't care how many is in the series because always be wanting more in fact i'll go one step further considering the way our society is we if the movie is good the story is good we don't care uh whether the characters are white or black or asian or hispanic or american indian or women or men or whatever give us good good stories and then tell them tell them in the right pacing like you're saying if it's two movies or five movies or six whatever tell them in the right pacing so we can enjoy them we're already on board we're fans (laughs) yeah you've already you've already hooked us you know, it just tell the just concentrate on telling a good story and don't worry about how many movies it'll take to do it. Yeah. You know, now I think that sometimes the creators get pressure from the studios I to make agree. sure that you, you know, if you come in and say, I'm making five movies, and they'll be like, What? You know, they'll be like, Can you just make it condense it down to three? You know, because they're thinking about the bottom line of money that they're spending, not necessarily right. what they could be making, but what they're actually spending. And so, you know, they go into that, and, and, and I think that's maybe something creators have to fight. Like, you have to really fight for it. I know Peter Jackson, when he oh, did Lord gosh, of the Rings, yeah. he had to fight for three movies because originally they, and, only, they wanted to do the whole thing in two, and that was and, not possible. And he filmed it all before the first movie came out. Yeah, but they wanted just the first – they just wanted the first the, – just to be two films in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which as you've seen the movies now, you know that just would not have been possible to tell it as well as he did no without – in two movies. And even – and he knew that. He knew it was not possible. He was like, no, it has to be a trilogy. It has to be a trilogy because it fits. Each – you can devote a, a movie to each book. But you cannot just say, well, we're going to take the movies and, and condense them down and like remove half of a book to tell, yeah. you know, and condense it all the way down to two films, which is not have worked. The, it it would have felt rushed and any emotional impacts would have been completely lost mm-hmm. um, by the time you got to Return of the King. And, and people would not have felt anything for the characters, you know, because they would have felt like they just got like just blasted from the Shire all the way to the, the, the mountains all the way to the volcano, you know, without any, without a lot of 
all the things that came in between that, that stuff that's classic and awesome now that would not have existed if he didn't get his trilogy. Right. You know, and then some movies should only be maybe two films. Some that are maybe overlong that maybe shouldn't have been, you know, like I look at uh, uh, as much as I, you know, I know I'm going to get, ra- I'm going to get raised for this, but for as much as I did love the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman, I think it'd been better served if they had taken that and split it into two movies. Oh, like yeah. if you had taken that story and just chopped, took an, a hammer, like chopped it in half and like the overall story and you could have fleshed some things out on both sides of it, the introduction of characters, hello, mm-hmm. all the DC characters <laughs> introduced, you could have, you could have staggered them out as far as the, you know, over the course of two movies. And I think they would have had a much, much, much better product than what they ended with. Yeah. Totally agree. You know, that instead seems... of cramming it into one film, so much stuff into one film, and then, you know, and then they still cut it down. Even after they crammed it in, they still cut it out, and then it was a nonsensical. And I don't know if you guys have seen the Ultimate Edition, but when you I've see it, I've not this, seen it yet. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got it if you want to borrow it. Uh, when you see yeah. it, it's kind of like, uh, it's like whole scenes that were cut out. It's not just a matter of they put scenes back in. But the entire chronology of how things happen is completely changed around. Like mm. things that you saw that happen in the beginning of the movie happen in the middle in the Ultimate Edition. It is like wow, wow, like yeah, whole scenes are taken and swapped around. Like you know, it's like wow, they really did a hatchet job on that film. You kind of figure out how badly the hatchet job they did was, and it was like oh, and then you see it. Then it's like well, that what you know whether you agree with things certain things happen in the movie or not still it's kind of like well that makes sense now you see the ultimate edition is like well that makes perfect sense now i know why that happened now i know why lex luthor did this and, and all in that order. But yeah in order by watching it in the order that the creator wanted you to watch it in but you know it, these are the decisions that that creators have to make and uh you know as we go along we'll we'll be talking more about you know because uh, i think we can do a whole segment on the mistakes that kathleen kennedy and the heads of Lucasfilm made on this trilogy. I think that's a whole nother show in and of itself to break down how badly they messed up. Uh, so that's just uh, talking this. about episode eight. <laughs> yeah, well, but not just that, that, but, but, yeah. but, but look at the other problems, but we could go into like, and we will, everybody, we will go into this, like the other problems that they had, like with the directors who they fired oh, yeah. gosh, on the different movies. Because Solo, they fired their director there. You know, the two yep. guys who were doing it, they fired him there. And uh, there was another uh, uh, one. I think originally uh, Josh Trank was on Rogue One and got fired before they started filming. I think that was the movie. I could be wrong. It might have been another Star Wars movie, but I know he got fired off of one of them. Um, it was either him or um, um, uh, the guy who was originally supposed to direct uh, Episode Nine. Uh, let's see. I'm got looking it up. Off. <laughs> then he got fired from nine. Yeah, there was a guy who got fired from nine before he could do it because he had made another movie that was really, really terrible. And Lucasfilm was like, oh, we're scared. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and fire you now. Eight already was a flop. We don't need another one. Yeah, they're like, oh my gosh, his movie flopped. It's like, no, 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 we're going to get him off. We don't want him doing this. And I know you guys might have seen uh, some of the storyboards from his, from his Star Wars movie, from his episode nine, has been making the rounds. 
Um, I think I've seen a few of them. Yeah, so so a lot of people are saying that that might have been the better movie. Uh, what we got than what we actually got. That 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 his Rise of Skywalker might have been a much better film in the end if they had just let him do what he was going to originally do. And again, the like hatchet, the few bits together that we did get as an episode nine. Right. And then have it be with all the, with, you know, JJ Abrams trying to fix the things that, that were wrong with, they thought were wrong with episode eight, you know, and then make nine. (laughs) Yeah. And so there's so many mistakes behind the scenes and it seems like they're making poor decisions in some ways that's causing issues behind the scenes. Trank was actually attached to a sequel, or not a sequel, but a second story after Rogue One, a standalone film in the Star Wars anthology series. And um, due to creative differences, he stormed off, is what it says. Right. And And I think a lot of that was... No, that's all things Star Wars right there. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So he got booed. So, so, I mean, they're picking these folks who are taking these jobs and then, like, um, the two gentlemen who were um, doing Game, of, Game Thrones, of Thrones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, everybody's well, so excited when they jumped in, and they jumped ship to Netflix. Well, no, I was not excited. And the reason why I was not excited was because um, they, had, they came and pitched a trilogy, and that's where they got picked up. But they kept saying that they were going to take Star Wars in the Game of Thrones area, in the sense that they were going to bring an adult, they were going to bring better language, which I guess meant swearing. No. They were going to bring nudity. That was what they were talking. And I saw and, them. And I would be 100% against that. They said that. So but I was Star happy Wars has been family friendly. No, Star Wars needs to always remain, at, in, for the most part, family friendly. Yeah. It's, it's got to be, you got to be, you got to allow the kids to be able to watch it too. You can't sit there and make a Star Wars movie the kids can't see. Because then right. you basically kill off your audience right there. Well, yeah. Look at me, right? My dad took me at seven years old. I took all of my kids. I even pull them out of school on, on hey. opening day to go sit and watch movies. We made it a family event because it's been a movie that could be movies that could be watched with the family. Exactly. And, and they, and, and we don't want that. I do not want that ever changed. Not this, not the main, you know, the Mandalorian, you know, they kept things, you know, still, you know, there's still jokes and things that, that you know, that, that still make it family friendly, you know, yeah. um, to watch. And, and yeah, Star Wars needs to remain family friendly. I know there's some people who want Star Wars to go full adult. And and I completely disagree with that. I don't I want Star Wars to ever go that to begin way. with. It was never intended it's, to, and there's no validly good reason for it. I mean, I, the ones I keep hearing is well because adults like Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, okay, but that doesn't mean that they're gonna. They want Star Wars to look like that. Well, Game yeah, of exactly. Fantasy. I well, we're adults, and you know what? There are rated R movies that I love, and certain things that I love in in a rated R fashion because I'm an adult. But when I sit down to watch Star Wars, I want my son to be able to come and sit next to me yeah, and watch it with true. me. I don't want to have to sit there and say, oh, go to your room. I'm watching Star Wars. Does that not sound weird to anybody? Yeah. You're sorry, you can't weird. watch Star Wars with me. It's just too adult for you. You need to go away. It's like, huh? It's completely against what George Lucas ever wanted Star Wars to be. I know some people want to raise him to the ground over <laughs> Ewoks. But you know what? When I was a kid, I went to my best friend to watch The Return of the Jedi, 
and we love the Ewoks. We thought oh, they were cool. They're so cute. They were cute. Um, they my were middle cool. child wants one. She loves yeah, them. They're you know, so adorable. They beat up stormtroopers with rocks and stones and collected their helmets at the end, you know, and turned them into drums. I mean, they were awesome. I mean, the Ewoks yep. were cool. You know, they found a way. They even had a cartoon show. So the Ewoks mm-hmm. were awesome. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, and, but some people are like, well, yeah, we're adults did. now and they're, they're, so they're dumb. And it's like, no, nah, but kids love them. Yeah. You know, and, and as much as people want to sit there and, 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 and hate on Jar Jar Binks, I know a lot of kids who love Jar Jar Binks. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as we want to raise him, you know, we, like, we want to razzy him. There's a lot of kids who love Jar Jar, you know, because yeah. they find Agreed. him silly and goofy and they love watching him in the movie. And if you sit kids down, little kids, and let them watch Star Wars, they're going to be laughing at virtually everything Jar Jar does because he's just funny to them. Yes, to us as adults, he's a silly, goofy character, but kids love him. And that's kind of for them their their gateway, their C three P O and R two D two into getting into loving Star Wars through a character like Jar Jar. Agreed. And on that note, as we're coming five minutes away from we're going to be cut off anyway, we're let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. Man, I can't believe uh, I ended this with Jar Jar. <laughs> no, you ended this with children loving Star Wars. True. Yeah. Just mentioning Jar Jar with <laughs> Just it. Jar Jar but you also like... mentioned the Ewoks. And let's face it, uh, you know, Yoda was also beloved by children uh, all oh, yeah. around as well, too, right? So uh, it, Lucas has always maintained that Star Wars as a whole was a family movie that yes. the entire family could enjoy. And he made sure when he was mentoring it to keep it that way. And it needs to stay that way. So far, it's at least maintained being family-friendly. It needs to stay that way. And it has, it has got to stay that way. If it ever goes off into that realm, that's probably when I won't watch it. It'll jump as the much shark. as I love it, I may just jump it. If they do anything that's like a rated R kind of thing, that's when I'll be like, you know what? I think I'm going to be out. I think this is the good part run. where I jump out. You know, <laughs> It's been a good run, but this is the part where I step out. Yeah, I, I'm going to be with you there. Yeah, and you know the thing is, like you said, I have our movies that I love. Aliens is one of my all-time favorite movies. Also, it's an R-rated movie. You know, but that was it, we never tried to be family-friendly first. Alien didn't come out being family-friendly, and then Aliens came in and, and made it R. And that was again, like you suggest, said, that was that's the way it is, and that's fine. This has never been that it needs to stay family-friendly. So, yeah. So um, we'll uh, we'll be back. I don't. Uh, I got to put this together. Probably post this Saturday. Sounds probably about right. And then we'll be about two weeks after that. We'll have our next episode. Uh, we're happy you all tuned in. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and like it, uh, share we'll have more if you're out. If you listen on whatever we're putting this on for a podcast, we're thankful that you're there. Go ahead and, you know, subscribe on there to like subscribe iTunes or wherever you're listening so that you can get our future episodes where we'll have more discussions about how the wonderful world of Star Wars, as well as the overall science fiction in general. Awesome. Anybody have any closing comments? Nope. Just looking forward to whatever comes next. Can't wait for season two of Mando. Absolutely. This is, Absolutely. This is the way. This is the All way. Right. I have spoken. <laughs> and this you know, is Mike. Yeah. Hey, Jack, this Jack, is Pat. James. Yep. Pat and Pack Pack. And we will right. catch you next time. All right. Next time. Take it. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.